Welcome back to Duskwall. As always, thank you so much for joining us. In very exciting Patreon news, we hit our $300 per month goal. This means that we can pay for even more transcripts. We're close to having all of Season 1 transcribed, thanks to the generosity of our backers. And at our next goal of $400 a month, we'll be able to buy better recording equipment for the whole cast, so our episodes can sound even better. And once those purchases are made, we'll be able to set up a merch store. Do you want Magpies t-shirts? Because I know I do. Help us make all of this a reality by heading to patreon.com slash magpiespodcast. And if financial support isn't for you, please leave us reviews and tell all your friends about the show. Gen Con event registration is open, and there are still lots of seats available at the panel I'll be moderating, so you want to start an AP podcast. If you're interested in hearing about how I and several other awesome podcast hosts got our start, come check us out. Next, Josie is going to tell us about this month's featured charity. This week's featured charity is the Sandy Hook Promise, a nonprofit that builds at the community level to push for gun control legislation, provide mental health and wellness programs, and policy aid for victims of gun violence. That being said, gun control is something I'm very passionate about. The amount of gun violence in this country is disgusting. So really, any charities, any fundraisers you can find in the wake of these disasters is part of this. I feature the Sandy Hook Promise because I like what they do and they're fairly widespread. So yeah, stand up against gun violence this month. The hardest part of choosing a featured charity is deciding where to shine a spotlight each month. There are so many real existential threats facing so many people in the U.S. and around the world. Reach out to organizations supporting racial justice, reproductive rights, trans rights, and immigrant rights, and contact your representatives to tell them to uphold and expand protections for all marginalized communities. Now then, let's get started, shall we? Blair finds herself in the middle of the Deathlands, finding herself surrounded by around 10 to 12 ghosts, and they are all swirling around her. They're all looking at her, circling her, surrounding her, watching her every single move. And Blair looks around, and this is not something that she's phased by. This is something that she's used to, but at the same time, it's different. There's a sense of unity to all of the ghosts' movement, a kind of coordination that is very uncanny, very unlike anything that she's seen before. And in a split second, two of the ghosts just pass right through her as if they were about to possess her. And she shields herself, raises her arms, looks down, closes her eyes, does everything that she's used to when shielding herself from an arcane attack. But when she opens her eyes, she is faced with cold, dark nothingness. She can just sense the amount of density that's surrounding her ears, and as she looks around, she knows that she's alone, and she is cold, and there's no one there, and that this is the absence of absolutely everything she knows. And it's in that moment when she immediately snaps awake and bolts upright in her bed. So, 
Blair is going to start things off with level one harm, exhaustion, because you haven't been sleeping super well lately. No, no, I haven't. Since the, uh, you're, you're running with a spirit in the catacombs underneath the Lamp Black's headquarters. Last couple uh, jobs that the magpies have, have done have been uh, a bit rough on the crew, to put it mildly. So I know right now you all are kind of giving the hound's paw some distance. Mm-hmm. That is still the place where if people want to contact you, they send notes. So I'm imagining that even though you're not hanging around there for hours like you used to, somebody is going down there once or twice a week to just sort of pick up messages. I am mm-hmm. betting that someone is Myra or Blair. <laughs> Probably Myra, I would think. The okay. people who can pass unseen. <laughs> Minx is perfectly capable of disi- disguising herself, but... Right, but why she's... would I do that? Have you seen me? <laughs> <laughs> why would I cover up these looks? <laughs> do you know who I am? I think Myra has, has recently come back from the Hound's Paw with uh, sort of your, your latest collection of messages. And you've gotten two notes in the last couple days. One of them, uh, Rigney says, just got dropped off last night. The other has, has been there for a few days. Um, which one does, does Myra start with? Uh, the older one. Okay. Uh, the older one is a letter from Tuhan, uh, one of the silver nails that you have worked with previously. Uh, basically, this letter is saying that, uh, that debt that you owe, uh, of, of a favor, they, they are calling it in. Previously, Myra had cut a deal with the Silver Nails where they would call in some debts that they were owed mm-hmm. by a factory owner, uh, after the Magpies had relieved said factory owner of most of his liquid cash, so he wasn't able to pay them. Worked out well for you, you took down the factory owner, foiled his plans, didn't go so hot for the Silver Nails because they're out a lot of money. So they now uh, are asking you to acquire some objects for them. In the note, it says that the, the deadline for acquiring these objects uh, is tonight. Oh. <laughs> what objects does it say? It doesn't. It says to, to come speak with ah. Tuhan for more details. Yeah, they're not going to write down like all of their crime plans in a note. <laughs> but yeah, it's basically like, we need you to get some stuff for us, come to the Mustang for more details. So, that's item one. Mm-hmm. Uh, item two is in a, uh, a very messy scrawl, and there, there's a note at the top that says that uh, this is written by Tegan uh, on behalf of Briggs. Aww. Briggs sent you a note late last night there, uh, the unions, or the, the unionization efforts, rather, in Char Hollow and Coleridge uh, have, have once again started running into some trouble with some of the factory owners and merchants. One of the union leaders, uh, a person by the name of Artis, is being blackmailed by someone. They refused to bow to the blackmail. And the, informa- the the person who's blackmailing them plans to publish the information. 
artists feels like they can weather this storm. Briggs isn't so sure. Briggs is concerned that this is going to turn a lot of the you know people in the areas who they need to support these unionization efforts against them. So Briggs wants you to um, break into the blackmailer's house and steal the blackmail material. Uh, the problem is she is sending the information to the papers first thing tomorrow morning. So it also has to be taken care of tonight. If we must choose one, I do think it needs to be the silver nails simply for the simply so that we don't get our kneecaps removed. Um <laughs> I would prefer not to regain a reputation as somebody who does not pay her debts. <laughs> However, I am concerned about the situation in, in Char Hollow. Um, do you think our former North Hook Mirror friends would be able to do something about the information being published? Well, that's interesting. Like, I do not know where it's being published or if they have connections there, but it would be... Pretty much the only paper in town now is the Doskval Daily, which mm -hmm. was the North Hook's main competitor. Right. They, I think, did hire on some of the North Hook Mirror's former staff, but you're not sure, like, in what kind of positions or if Lonnie and Roxanne have any kind of pull with them. Right. Definitely worth inquiring. That's, <laughs> that's a good idea. Maybe it's just worth talking to both parties. Yes. Uh, let, let's meet with the Silver Nails first so that we can put that operation going in the back of our minds. Okay. So, you all finish breakfast. I imagine it's kind of a later... I feel like you you all are, are a pretty nocturnal group, so oh, yeah. breakfast Indeed. is at like 11 a.m. <laughs> so, you, you head out. Uh, up through Six Towers, I think that uh, the Mustang, which is the kind of uh, tavern and inn that the Silver Nails own, is it, it's pretty slow midday. Uh, their their business picks up more in the evening. There's not a lot of people there. After a few moments of waiting, Tuhan comes jogging down the stairs and kind of raises an eyebrow and is like, "Well, better late than never, I suppose. I thought you were just blowing us off." Okay, first of all, rude. Uh, first of all, I sent you a letter asking you to pay your debt three days ago, and you've just now decided to show up. Our mail service was delayed. What is it that you need? We're very busy people. Uh-huh. She leads you into kind of the tavern area, sits you down at a table, and says, We've learned of, uh, some old journals that were written by people who used to live in the Lost District, uh, kind of during its collapse. There's a lot of information about locations. Uh, we're hoping caches of, well, interesting items. Uh, How interesting? Interesting enough for us. Okay. The contents of the journals don't concern you. We just need you to get them from the merchant who has recently acquired them before they are transferred to Saltfords ahead of an auction. So once they're, once they're in Saltfords, they're untouchable. And which merchant is this? His name is Liam Solar. Uh, he's got a manor in Brightstone, a little security-obsessed, so it's not exactly going to be a walk in the park, but we feel that this is, uh, well, more or less a fair trade for the ten coin that you all cost us. Kind of shoots a very pointed look at Myra. She is keeping a straight face. <laughs> We've dealt with higher security threats. 
Well then, this should be no problem for you to acquire before they're uh, transferred to Saltfords. Get them, bring them back here, and we'll be even. Very well. Pleasure doing business once again. Yeah, and yeah, I think she just stands up and walks off. A simple break and enter is probably just what we need to do there. The trickiness is going to be able going to be doing the other thing at the same time. Yeah. So how do we want to go about this? Well, did you want to go talk to Briggs first and get a little more information there? I would, yes, I would like to get information yeah. first. Okay. So you all pile out of the, the Mustang, which is at, like, you know, the north end of Six Towers. And it takes you probably, I mean, if even taking, like, a, a gondola or a cab, um, it's going to take you probably another half hour, 40 minutes to get all the way down through to uh, Char Hollow to the the, uh, market where Briggs is set up. And Briggs is, you know, in his clothing stall at the market, as always. Uh, He's got Mallory, his his service dog, sitting there uh, investigating the coins of the people who who are making purchases from him when you walk in. And when when you step in, he's like, "Uh, I'll I'll be with you in just a moment. I just need to finish up with these folks here. No rush. Very well, dear. Oh, it's, uh, it's you. Wonderful. So, yeah, the, the folks who are in there finish paying, and, uh, he waves a kind of a, a hand in the direction of, like, the, the privacy curtain that he's got at the, the front of the shop, and is like, when do you mind, uh, getting that for me? I'll do it. All right, so you pull that across with the little bell chiming as you do so, and then, yeah, once that's closed, he says, uh, oh, I'm, I'm glad you got my message, um, this is a fairly delicate situation. Who is the woman doing the blackmail? Uh, her name is Mila Laurent, and she's a merchant, trader, businesswoman, uh, one of those people who seems to have her hands and money involved in just about everything. So definitely the big wig kind of tight? A bit. Uh, she, is, um, she has a townhouse in Night Market, fairly uh, secured from what I understand. She's a very wealthy person. Somewhere, we believe, in her townhouse, she is keeping the blackmail material that she's going to be sending to the Daily tomorrow. And we need you to obtain that material before uh, it can be published. That is something we can do. However, would it not also work to simply defang the information? What do you mean? If, for example, a Tamer version 1's or something else over overshadows it, then many simply won't care. Or if the credibility of the information can be cast in doubt in some way. I mean, those are good ideas, but I, I'm not sure we have the time. If you have some sort of idea for how to do that in... We may have some contacts. I mean, failing that, we will simply remove the items, but... Well, anything that you can do to prevent this from damaging artists too badly, they're uh, quite a popular leader with the anarchists, and I'm afraid that if we lose them from our rough coalition, uh, it's going to set us back quite a bit. May I ask? I'll understand if you don't want to share, but what is the nature of this information? I haven't actually figured it out. 
<laughs> I was thinking just like, uh, I don't know. I figured I was going to just have you guys figure that out. You could figure that out for me when you found the information was my plan. Uh, getting back into character. So Briggs kind of grimaces and says, I would rather not get into specific details. I mean, you'll see when you uh, find it. But there are some things in their family that would make a lot of people in many of our groups unhappy. And, you know, family doesn't determine who you are, <laughs> but not everybody sees things like that around here. And I think if they know what Artis's family was mixed up in, uh, it's going to fracture a lot of groups. Quite. That could be rather problematic. Indeed. Well, either way, this this will be stopped. We'll do our best. I appreciate it. So, are you, the the three you're going to head out of Briggs's stall then? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Just so you know, I am going to be kind of paying close attention to how much time you all have, because basically yeah. your your countdown timer is about dawn tomorrow. Yeah. Um, Saltfords is going to send an armored carriage to pick up the journals at dawn. And Mila will be leaving her home at dawn to uh, deliver this information to the daily. Right. My, my thoughts are, we have Lonnie and Roxanne either submit stories they're already working on or come up with something that we can send to the daily first. So that'll look suspicious when the blackmail material comes in the morning after. The other option is to come up with a story even more scandalous and have that run so no one gives a shit when the other story runs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can definitely go chat with them. I'm going to say at this point, it's early afternoon. It's about one in the afternoon. Can we... We should go to Scandal Grandma. <gasps> uh, Rose, I think her name was. Oh my the, God. Uh, like, no, we should we should just get some gossip out of her that we can put in the paper and not have anyone give a shit about, you know, union troubles. Okay. <laughs> Something really sensationalist and scandalous. Okay. I mean, you can... I know, that's kind of a cynical take on journalism and <laughs> public appearance, but... Yeah, we're definitely uh, talking about an era inspired by an era where illustrated yeah, sensationalist papers were common... And I mean, I can't say that things are terribly different right now. Uh, <laughs> so, um... We're just pulling a scandal right now. Yes, I like that. And then we can have Lonnie and Roxanne and feed this to one of their contacts in the daily. Assuming they have such contacts. Assu assuming they have them. But it would be very good for that person, because they'd get their friend promoted, probably. But, but also failing that, we could probably simply deliver the story to someone working at the daily. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can you can give this a shot. And then once we drop that off, and we should make sure to do that tonight before dusk, uh, we can just break and enter the other person. Because we're not splitting up again. We're not doing that. No. I had the idea for this, this uh, you know, competing scores thing well before you all. Like, I had this for weeks, and then you all were like, we're never splitting up again. And I was like... Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but that is what friends are for. 
So you head on over to Silkshore. It's getting to be about mid-afternoon. Make your way over to the, the apartment where you remember Rose living. And uh, somebody give me some kind of gather info roll to see how, how this goes. Can I roll consort? Sure. Hmm. Hmm. That's a two, one, and a two. That would be a two. Yeah, that is suboptimal. Okay. Setting the tone for the evening. (laughs) All right. So. Sorry, dears. (laughs) Limited information. So I think Rose is home. (laughs) And she's delighted to see you. Can I make a suggestion? Yeah. That Minx and Rose and possibly all of us have a really pleasant Oh, tea and yeah. biscuits time and yeah. then just get way too deep into the weeds to actually get anything useful yeah you have a great <laughs> afternoon like yeah she gets you <laughs> oh, tea God. she's Stress. got some more some more biscuits and and cookies um she's adopted a new cat which is really Aww. exciting what kind of cat uh i am going to borrow from real life and give my my friend's uh new kitten a cameo um, so Aww. it's a, a little black kitten um, who has one of his back legs amputated, Aww. but it, it doesn't slow him down any. He just kind of weaves back and forth a little bit when he runs. He's very cute. Can I pet him? Yes. Blair pets him. him. Blair pets him. He's distracted by cats. <laughs> yeah. Like, so you will have a great time and like you're asking her for local gossip and she's telling you about, you know, some weird, you know, funny, weird stuff she's seen in the street outside. And like, it's all entertaining stories, but none of it is scandal worthy. Right. Um, and you also spend a couple hours there. Mm-hmm. It's late afternoon by the time you leave. Oh, boy. Oh, dear. Well, at least failing everything else, we had a pleasant afternoon. Yeah, you had a really <laughs> nice afternoon. <laughs> like, you had a good time. You got to hang out with some cats. You got you all have each a little baggie of cookies that, that she sent you on, on your I'll way with. i ask her for the recipe for these. Told you to, you know, come back and visit any time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you had, you didn't actually get any scandalous information. All right. In that case, we might need to ask Lonnie and Roxanne to make something up. <laughs> well, they agreed to do that, though. So you you head over to the docks from Silkshore, and it, it's, it's getting, you know, late afternoon into evening by the time you get there. And you, you're just going to head up to their apartment? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so head on up. Hit the door light, basically. It's not really a doorbell. And it, you know, flashes. And after a moment, um, the door kind of cracks open and you see Roxanne peering out. And then she sees you and kind of brightens and opens it. And it's like, oh, um, hello. Uh, I, I wasn't expecting to see you here. Um, yes, it was rather unexpected on our end as well. It is some amount of time-sensitive business. Oh, um, do you uh, want to come in? If you don't mind. Yeah, so she'll, she'll usher you in. The very, you know, small apartment um, is filled with a, you know, a, a nice uh, hearty cooking smell. Um, it's about dinner time, and Lonnie waves at you from the kitchen where she's cooking dinner. But she seems to be mostly focused on that. She does, like, kind of 
splitting her attention between glancing at Roxanne, who is signing through everything and, you know, paying attention to the, the food. So yeah, Roxanne says, um, yeah, uh, what, uh, what did you need? Yes, well, you are, you are aware of the current um, Char Hollow Union situation, yes? Uh, yes, we reported on it a, a few times in the past. Right. We have gained word that some highbrow person wishes to sabotage this by submitting blackmail to the to the daily. We were wondering if you had any friends, former employees who ended up there, and if if you have any juicy scoops that can be run instead, because this would be very damaging were it to run, and the people of Charhello deserve better. Uh, indeed. Um, let's give them a roll and see what they've got. Oh. That didn't sound good. No, that would be the sound of a three, a two, and a two. Oh, the dice are cursing us tonight. Great. Great. The funny, the funny thing is, usually the gather information stage goes very well for us. Yes, this yeah. is the portion of the adventure where we're doing well. Yeah, before right. the dice turn. Yeah, we, we we usually come into a score very well prepared, um, regardless of how it goes after. Yeah, so this doesn't bode well. Oh, <laughs> so um, Roxanne uh, like frowns and. Uh, thinking for a little bit and then shakes her head and is like, I mean, we, aside from the work that, that you have us doing for investigations, we're not really looking for any sort of, th- those sort of things anymore. Um, you know, we right. just don't have the, the time. Right. Yes, of course. That makes sense. Uh, we we know a few people who now work at the Daily, but they aren't reporters they they didn't they hired some of the north hooks reporters but they didn't give them reporting jobs they work in the printing room now mostly typesetters and and things like that so they work on the printers yes work on the printers how much quality control is there could we put in it like switch out stories somewhere in the process um now that now that is a thought or Simply, some printing errors occur. Potentially, but if the if what gets printed is too different from what the reporter submitted or what editorial approved, then the people in the printing press will be the ones punished for it and right. prefer not to. And then there's nothing stopping them from simply issuing a correction the next day. Precisely. Hmm. Minx is kind of has her hand on her chin and is nervously pacing a little bit. You okay? I I just really don't want us to split up this time. We won't if we don't have to. I agree that we shouldn't split up. It may be that the time has come that we have to make choices. Whatever we choose, it's gonna be okay. The, the, the people of Char Hollow deserve better than what they have gotten. However, I don't know if we can withstand the Silver Nails at this time. It wouldn't do to have another enemy. Roxanne is kind of looking back and forth amongst all of you, like, looking increasingly worried. It's like, (laughs) she doesn't know all of the background of this conversation, but everything you're saying sounds very bad. Wish, after this, we need to find a better way of getting messages. Right, right. That'll be something to look into. The the Unioners would 
the movement be so severely damaged by one person being blackmailed? Brig, he seemed to think so. So the the issue that kind of the union organizers have been having is that, you know, you have all of these sort of small groups that some of them have kind of their own special interests. They have been trying to build these small groups that don't all get along into a larger coalition. That that fragile coalition sort of holding together, Briggs is concerned that this news could break a lot of those groups apart. The the individual groups will still exist, but they won't all be working together towards the same goal anymore. So it's it's not going to like completely decimate the union uh, the unionization movement, but mm-hmm. it's going to undo a lot of the hard work that they have done. And if we do not even so much as attempt the task, Briggs will not be a friend anymore. Most it's likely. it's gonna damage that relationship. I'll tell you mechanically, like from a, a, a game mechanics perspective, um, you're gonna lose your lookouts. Yes. So this is a thing that happens again with being vigilantes. When you get the on your claim map, those claims you have to defend them because again, you don't have a gang that you can send and be like, hey, hold this turf, go be lookouts for me. You, every time you have a claim, it starts a clock. Right. But also for a similar reason, you, we really don't want to start another gang war. Yes. <laughs> Did we get a sense that it's definitely like gang war if we don't hold up our end of the bargain with the Silver Nails? The Silver Nails are going to expect you to pay one way or another. Hmm. Huh. Yes, this is the do-it-or-we-break-your-kneecap situation. Yeah, it's it's a, like, you cost them a lot of money. Ten coin yes. is an enormous amount of money. Yeah. It's a bit of a lose-lose situation, because we cannot lose too much um, credibility as a gang. Otherwise, we'll simply be e- eaten alive. However, we can't really afford to be losing the trust of the people, because that is our whole point. And it's not just trust that we lose, it's, I don't want to set back all of that work, the vital work that we're not able to do ourselves. Yes. Right. I'm I'm starting to wonder if, would there be able to be someone else that we could simply put up to replace this person? Is there anyone with that sort of charisma and clout? It's not just charisma and clout, it's gotta be, it's a relationship. Right. Yeah, and I don't think any of you are tied enough into kind of the union movement to really know somebody that you could point to and be like, oh, yeah, this person. Right. And this is all still happening in front of Lonnie and Roxanne, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Ro- Roxanne has has at some point recognized that, like, the three of you are just kind of off in your own little thing and has wandered off to help Lonnie keep making dinner. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, no. <laughs> well, it, I mean, she she understands that it's kind of like, yeah, oh, okay, you all, you're you're going through something. <laughs> you need uh-huh. a private place to talk. This is fine. <laughs> We're going to get back to our night. <laughs> you all just hang out on that half of the room while we make dinner. God, okay. we're imposing so badly. Yes. We are very bad house guests. You are, you are free to <laughs> remove your steps at any point. I'm just, it's fine. Roxanne was just kind of like, I'm just, I'll be over here and just walked off. Well, we need to go back to the nest anyway to prepare for some sort of job tonight. So we might as well do that while we talk. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. 
the, the- uh, I will excuse us and apologize for the intrusion <laughs> using some of my slowly improving sign language. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Lonnie kind of like when when you sign out like that whole thing, um, Lonnie kind of like brightens up a little bit and then like. You know, one of the words you got the sign a little bit wrong, so she shows you like the correct version, uh, and then like they both say goodbye as you head Yay. out. Awesome. Hope you weren't any trouble. <laughs> Roxanne's like, no, no, it's it's fine. <laughs> I, I, I hope this all turns out okay for you. It sounds like you have a lot going on. We'll keep you posted. <laughs> It'll be okay. Okay. Be be safe out there. We will. You too. Here's the thing. Being transferred to the Duskfall Daily, that was almost assuredly a lower security caravan. It would, like, the the thing going to the bank is going to be in, like, an armored wag- wagon or yes. the like. Um, this is a independent person just delivering information to the paper. Like, there will likely be security, but we may have to break and enter into, to get the journals for the Silver Nails, and then... In transit, knock over whoever is heading to the daily. Wait, so blackmail for money? I think Briggs would have explained to this. It wasn't a payoff. It was a, like, leave town, basically. Like, leave your position in charge of, so like... So more extortion. Yes. So I think we need to... Yeah. I, th- I think we need to make a quick robbery. <laughs> a quick robbery of a high-security place in Brightstone. And then get away from that quietly enough to stake out the daily and knock over the other thing. Have I said where the Duskfall Daily is located? I, I think don't it know also if you have. I think it's in the docks. No, because if it was on Ink Row, it would have burned too. I think it's in Charter Hall. Oh damn! We might just be committing to two scores in a row here. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> like Jesus. we're gonna have a stealth. Score and then an assault score. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Christ. And you're basically going to have to, like, I'm going to say, we'll see how the first score goes to see if you'll have time to switch your loadout. You probably won't. That would be preferable. Mm. But I would like it's that. It's going to depend on how things go. Well, I, you know, there's a lot of things that I'm sure you would like <laughs> that are probably not going to happen. One, one thing we need to commit to beforehand, because we won't have time to argue it later, if shit goes south trying to get the silver nail journals, are we bailing in favor of getting the blackmail? Or are we committing to getting the journals, even if it means we miss the wagon? Because I hate to say it, it seems like the unionization movement sounds more resilient. It would set them back, but it wouldn't destroy them, and we can help repair. I can commit to helping repair. Yeah, we may be able to help them Help them bounce back, yeah. All right. So if things do end up taking a long time paying off the silver nails, we should just commit to that and then deal with the fallout of the other going through. Ideally, that won't be a thing, but we must plan for worst case scenario. Yeah. Survival has to be the first priority. Yes. And we can't afford to fail both. If we do, we may just need to leave town for a month or so. I don't think we can leave town. (laughs) I don't know. I thought... I'm sure I could charm our way into some train tickets. <laughs> I mean, the, generally speaking, like, yeah, you could leave town, but you're not going to have anything to come back to. Yeah. That's kind yeah. of the nature of Duskwall is that if you if you are not physically present to defend your territory, 
uh, you would not come, you would not have a home to return to. Somebody else would move into the nest. We'd be starting over. Right. Uh, In general, like if if you're gone for that long, you can leave town for like a few days and things will probably be okay. Which I'm establishing right now because I'm going to send you all on a train heist at some point. (laughs) Unfortunately, it's a matter of what is ultimately hurt feelings versus our lives. Our lives in a hurt And I hate to say that. Yeah. Yeah. And I hate to say that given what our cause is. Put on your own oxygen mask first is basically what makes us sane here. Yes, we're, we're no good to the cause dead. By the time you all finish with your getting back to the nest and, and discussing your options and get your gear together, it's about nine o'clock at night. You haven't actually done any reconnaissance on the house you're planning to rob. We, we, we can do that when we get there. You're just going to head up there, do a, a little bit of quick scouting and then dive in? Mm-hmm. Uh, yikes. Big yikes. I see no way this will go wrong. Yeah, you make your way up into Brightstone, which is well-lit and well-patrolled by the Bluecoats. The Silvernails did tell you kind of where this guy's house is. It's a, uh, a big old manor house. You all can do some gather info on the manor. Can I roll a survey? Yeah. Okay, my highest on that was a five. Okay, um, so what are you look? Are you, what are you looking for specifically with with this? Getting survey? an idea of the groundwork of the area. Where are the main exit and entrance points? Where are places that are more highly secured? Some that may have some kind of vulnerability. Things like that. Okay, the whole manor is surrounded by a wrought iron fence, and there's the front door, uh, side door, back door, and then behind the house is like a smaller carriage house. Okay. And there's a uh, a gate in the back of the fence where a carriage could pull in to go into the carriage house. In the car- like out front of the carriage house, um, there's a couple guards hanging out. Mm-hmm. It's it's well lit. There's lights um, on both the the front of the house and on the carriage house. I would like to memorize some blue coat patrols. Okay. Yeah. How do you want to go about doing that? Survey, preferably. Okay. Yeah, you can do that. I got a six. Six, okay. Yeah, I don't want us coming out, turning a corner, and running smack dab into a patrol. Yeah. I, Manx, I think that you are aided here by the fact that you spend a lot of time in Brightstone doing other stuff of, mm-hmm. of your, you know, socializing and buying art, and I think probably your new vice is, is up here. So you are a little more familiar with how the blue coats operate up here. So I'm not going to, like, give the details of, like, this is when this patrol comes by, but just (laughs) you have a good sense of, like, you can look at a clock and be like, we need to lay low for another five minutes to wait for this patrol to pass or whatever. So basically, you, you, you are in a position where you're... You're unlikely to, if you leave quietly and haven't alerted the bluecoats in some other fashion, won't run into the bluecoats while on your exit. <laughs> uh, Myra. This is a place that has servants and stuff, right? Yeah. I think on this street, I'm going to try and like chat with some servants. Like, I'm a servant who's like on my round or like newish in the area, and I'm just like curious about the people around here and like try and figure out who lives in the house and maybe some of their habits. Okay. You're going to be at reduced effect for this because it's like 9, 9.30 at night. There's not a lot of people out on the street. That's fair. So ba- the best you can do is standard information. You're, you're just not going to be as successful with this. But you can definitely give it a shot. 
Well, I rolled a five. Okay, so that is going to just get you limited information in in this mm-hmm. uh, instance. So I think you're able to talk with somebody who is like a uh, a driver in this area. What kind of questions would you be asking here? I mean, first of all, who who all lives in the house? Yeah, yeah, just that that kind of yeah, leading around to that sort of thing. Yeah. It's it's Liam Solar and his family, which is a spouse, and I am going to roll a die to determine the number of children. One. Liam is a pretty uh, security-minded individual. Mm-hmm. Early on, kind of in his career as a, a merchant, he had, uh, you know, criminals broke into his house and robbed him pretty badly, and he swore it would never happen again. So. Cool. Cool. Yeah, the, the the high security level of the the solar estate is uh, a little bit of a point of gossip because, yeah, like he has a little bit of a reputation for being paranoid, I think, among the other nobles. And yeah, the driver's like, oh, if you're working there, I, it's, it's impressive that you made it past all the background checks. I live a very clean life. You must have to, or you paid the right people off, but that's eh, none of my business. Anyway, I got to get going and, you know, he's going to head off. So that's what you've got. Cool, 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 cool. What y'all doing for loadout? I'm doing a normal load. Normal as well. How about you? Yeah, I said I, I said yep, which meant normal. Okay. Boy, I am stressed out about this score. Engagement roll. Uh, I, obviously, this is I'm assuming a stealth score. Yes. Uh, what are you all thinking for your point of entry? I want to go in through the back where the wagon would come. The carriage house, yeah. Okay. All right. You get one for luck. You're in Brightstone, which counts as hostile turf, so you're at reduced on that. All right. This is going to be a 2d6, and take the lower. Okay. So I have good news. Okay. The okay. lowest was a four. Okay. Excellent. So you're you're starting in a risky position. The other die I rolled was a six. This is the best roll that I've had in ages. Uh, <laughs> we can still deal with four. I think your first like you're you're starting in a risky position is that you're at a back gate. It's locked. Mm-hmm. It's fairly well lit, and there are two guards. Neat. Yeah. Okay. Let's lock those guards away. Uh, the other option is through the front, because just going over the fence isn't going to work, most likely. Someone this paranoid has likely done something. Would it be ultimately detrimental to, like, set off a distant distraction? I don't know. I think we got to do something like that. Either toss a rock or some kind of minor distractions. So that way, their attention is drawn somewhere else. Right. I was thinking almost like breaking the window in the ho- house next over. But I don't know if that... If they will send help or merely batten down the hatches here. Mm, that's a good point. I didn't consider that. My brain is really awful today because all it keeps screaming is, set fire! Mine too! I mean, I was also thinking you should say that a fire is very distracting. Like, we could set fire to the carriage house. That, yeah. that would certainly draw manpower away. <laughs> well, what if what if we set fire close to the house next door and have a trail closer to the carriage house? Would that be better? Yes, it's a matter of how we morally feel about endangering 
an, an unrelated person. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's tough. They they are rich assholes, but there may be children in there or the like. <laughs> yep, there could be children or pets in there. Um, <laughs> is wait, could we do a survey to see if there's anything like around the carriage house that could have that we could set a fire under? Yeah, would that be a survey to figure that out? Sure, survey would work. All right, I'm gonna roll a survey. I'm gonna push myself too for the extra die. All right, so these dice are getting banned. That's a one in a two. <laughs> I'm just looking. I'm not doing anything. I'm looking around. Things go badly. You suffer harm. A complication occurs. You end up in a desperate position. You lose this opportunity. Ray! <laughs> you walk up to the bars of the fence, wrap your little hands around it, and put your face up to the bars and look in. And one of the guards goes, hey, hey, who's over there? You're not supposed to... What are you doing over there? And gets up and is walking towards you. Uh, can I fall back or do they already see me and I have to engage? Uh, I mean, yeah, the, the guard has seen that there is a person at the fence. Okay. Um, I think if they've already seen me, it's more suspicious if I run away. So I'm just going to play this card and hope that it goes well, if that's all right. I'm sorry, but I'm lost. I'm trying to get back to Six Towers. So you're still in a risky position. Wait, I'm going to spend a stress to assist you. Yeah, how are you assisting? I think she's going to do, like, a soft, like, faraway-sounding... Mally? Mally? Like, like, there's multiple lost people, including your character, Mally. <laughs> oh, okay, well, you're going to have to be my mom or sister or something. I'm going to roll. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, good, that's a five. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm getting... The guard sighs, and I think when the, when the guard gets closer... Mm-hmm. You can see that, like, out from the, um, kind of under the brim of his hat, which you, you notice now that he's closer, like, the hat in his head is kind of a weird shape because he also has horns. <gasps> he's also oh. Tycarosi. They're not exactly like Blair's. His are more kind of like the um, curled back over his ears type. Yeah. He, he comes over and sees this, this lost little Tycarosi girl and feels bad. And he's Aww. like... All right, uh, hang on a second. Uh, someone give me a name real fast. Ben. Uh, hey, Ben, uh, I'm going to step out for just a couple minutes. Can you cover for me? And the other guy's like, yeah, yeah, it's a boring night anyway. Um, so he, he unlocks the gate, slips through, closes behind it, locks it up, and is like, all right, come on, kid. Uh, let's say, I think it sounded like somebody uh, was calling uh, yeah, I think you, Myra's you moved away from where Minx is and is kind of, like, mm -hmm. looking, seeming to look around in the wrong direction. Jezebel? Jezebel, I'm over here. Yeah, so so he he's going to walk you away, but he's walking with you and, like, is going to meet up with Myra at, like, the end of the street and then, like... Are we out of sight of the other guard? Those two are. It's just Minx and this other guard right now. All right, I, I, I'm going to wait for things to resolve there, and hopefully this guy will come out looking, at which point I will transpatter him. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is, I'm so I'm playing a very effusive person who's very worried and has just, like, frantically hugged uh, Melly. She's uh, okay, and she's going to pull away and, like, hug the guard really tight and then, like, slip from out of her pocket. <laughs> this is very sneaky and very good. And then, like, after, in the midst of the, like, guard flailing, just, like, press it to his face. 
press a cloth to his face. Well, hey, I got a crit. Jesus. Okay, so... Do I just knock him out real good? And he doesn't well, wake but up you, as easily? You get, yeah, he's going to be knocked out for a while. He is not going to be a problem anymore. I am going to say, okay, I'm going to say this is the... This person has, aside from kind of his, his oddly shaped head, a build that is fairly similar to Myra. So, and, and like the guards, both of the guards were wearing like kind of long overcoats and caps. Oh, so I just take the coat and cap and like vaguely look like him. Yeah. You're, you don't have the right head shape because he's got those horns, but you know, it might be enough to get you through the gate. Especially if there's a distraction. I think that all happens very quickly. Bef- it's, it's before the other guard thinks that anything is wrong and is coming to investigate. Yeah, so how do you want to proceed here? I think Minx is still like waiting to see if this guy is going to come out. Okay, so I, I slide up beside her, still hidden from the other guard, and like tip my hat up. Oh, excellent. She smiles. Try to get the gate open, and I will take care of the other guy. Yeah, so Myra like holds up her keys, puts a finger to her lips, and like pulls out of the shadows to go strolling up casually uh, to the gate to unlock it. Yeah, I think you're going to need to make a roll to not alert this guy that something's wrong. Because, like, you have to imitate a walk, and you have to be able to get the right key pretty quickly. That almost feels like a sway to me. Yes. Okay. Oh, I got a six, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you unlock the gate. I think you feign locking the gate behind you. Mm -hmm. But you leave it open so that your, your compatriots can get in. And I think I go back, like, silently to my spot. The other guard looks over at Myra and is squinting a little bit. Because, like, it's, it's, I think Myra has posted up in some shadows. So, like, it's, it's slowly starting to dawn on this guy that something's off, but he can't quite tell what yet. Uh, uh, but he's yeah. distracted I'm... by looking at Myra trying to figure out what's off so the two of you could get in through the gate. Yeah, I, I'm going to go in through the gate. Transfer powder to that guy's face. Okay. Guess I'll be sneaking behind Minx very carefully. Minx, go ahead and make a roll. Is skirmish appropriate for getting the yeah. trans powder into his face? Sure. Critical. Jeez. All right. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing okay. Yeah. You. You rough start, but you. You've turned it around. The opposite pattern from usual. I think what happens, Minx, you like creep up in the shadows while this guy is squinting intently at Myra, and then it dawns on him, this is not my guard partner, and he, <gasps> at which point Minx throws the transpowder in his face and he inhales a whole bunch of it. So like his friend, he is also going to just be out cold for the rest of, of the score. He will not be an issue going forward. Well, that went smoother than I thought. Yes, quite. Although we still must move quickly. Uh, what entrances are on this side of the gate? There's a uh, a back door and then like uh, a side door on the building and the front door, obviously. But like the back door is, is closest. Yes. Uh, let's try the back door. Off to the back door and they would have a key to the back door. So you're able to unlock it. Excellent. And slip into uh, the kitchen. It's a nice kitchen. How many stories is this house? Three. It's a big house. Okay. I think the first order of business is to... Where would he keep these? Probably in a vault of some kind, yes. A or vault safe. or an office or something. Yes. Let, let's look for a study. 
should we roll a group action to um, figure that out? Yeah, some some kind of group thing for for sneaking through the house looking for what you need. A group survey or group study? Which one are you guys down with? I have better with? study. So do I, Minx. Okay, uh, I don't have any dots in study, but since it's a group action, we we can probably. I think study that. works. Okay, who is leading it? I can. Okay, everybody roll. Uh, this is risky. Still six, four. I got a two. Okay, one point of stress, and we have six. So you are creeping around the ground floor of this house, and you do find an office. And inside this office, you find something even more interesting. It looks like the rest of the doors in the house. It's just kind of a, you know, a, a tastefully wood-paneled door. Mm-hmm. But unlike the rest of the interior doors in the house that have, you know, very nice, like, the, those, those, like, crystal doorknobs, this door has a really, really heavy-duty lock on it. Does it look to be like it's rigged to set off any kind of alarm? Uh, I don't know. You would have to investigate it in some way to find out. Okay. Can I roll a survey for that? Study study would be more apt for this. All right. Yeah. I have a higher study anyway. All right. My highest was a five. Five. Okay. Blair, you crouch down and uh, spend some time like really intently studying this lock. And it is rigged to an alarm system. If it is is tampered with improperly, it'll set off an alarm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you, um, footsteps in the, the hall upstairs above you. So I'm going to start. Oh, Household boy. guards, one out of four. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Would looking into the ghost field, I mean, out of character, mechanically, the way it would work, would it kind of give somewhat like, you know, Batman Arkham series kind of vision where you would be able to see someone who's upstairs, even if they're living? Yeah, living people do have a signature on the ghost field. It's not as bright. Right. You can try, but like ghosts, you can see in the ghost field at much greater distances. Living signatures can be blocked by distance. They can be blocked by just material like the floor could block them. So yeah, you can try to attune to the ghost field and, and try to spot whoever's up there. I think that would be a good idea if you guys focus on taking care of the lock while I keep lookout. You're the only one with Tinker. Yeah, you're our lock pick. <sighs> but I'm the only one with two and an attune. I, I, I have none in attune and Myra has some, yes? I only have, I have one in Tinker though, I don't have two. That's more than well, anybody I w- else has. I, I was gonna assist you. Okay. And Myra, do you want to keep watch? Yeah. I mean, I don't think I necessarily have to use a tune to keep watch, do I? No, you can just keep watch with your, your regular eyes. Yeah. Your special right. ghost eyes. Okay, I'm going to... They can't have my brand. I have <laughs> special ghost eyes. My brand! <laughs> I'm going to mark off tinkering tools just to help me out a little. I'm going to roll tinker. Yes. Ac- actually, uh, I-, I was going to have like my way of helping be... That Minx brought hers, and given that she doesn't usually use them, and that she's also an obsessive neat freak, they're in really good condition. Oh, okay. So in that case, I don't have to mark off tinkering tools. Right. Yep. Okay, yeah. that works. Minx will will carry that load for for the team. Uh, you are in a risky position. Reduced effect. Okay. Because you don't have fine tinkering tools, this is a pretty hefty lock. Gang, that's uh, 
That's double twos. That's bad. That's real bad. So, so what does that leave us with, Marie? Uh, that alarm is going off. No! Can I resist that effect? You can't. Well, Blair's the one. Blair's the one who caused it, so you can resist that consequence. Yes, you I would like to. You can resist any consequence. So yeah, you can re- roll the resist. And it's so, my resistance to insight? Yeah, insight makes sense for this. Alright, my highest on that was a four. Okay, so you're going to take two stress. I can deal with that. You're you're working with the lock, and like you almost twist one of the picks in a certain way, and then you kind of like see some wire in there, and you're like, okay, no. Needle taught me how to do this. She taught me yeah, how to recognize you, you this. Know, you, you haven't really made any progress in actually getting this lock open. Right. So you don't set off the alarm, but you also are still, you're going to have to roll again. This is a really tough one. Well, we have time. Myra, how are we looking? I think we're okay so far. Do we have time? I'm just asking in the general sense, like, can we afford to keep at this? I mean, you have to. What choice do you have? I, I believe we can. We, we were going to push forward on this. There is a big grandfather clock in the office, though. It's about uh, 10 o'clock at night. Maybe, like, at, so between 10 and 10.30 at night. We're going to have to try again, but... Take a deep breath. Remember Needle. Thanks, I'm nervous. I know, I know, I know, dear. Just take your time. We're both here. We've both got your back here. You'll be fine. Okay. Yes, you're you're good at this. Okay. Highest was a six. Okay. So, yeah, I think you're, you're able to get it open without setting off the alarm or anything. Is there any consequence, though? Are we good? No, you're you're good. I'm just fudging the rules in terms of what is interesting to do and listen to. Because, like, technically you're at reduced effect, so I sh- probably shouldn't have had you get through the door in one go, but I don't want to spend ten minutes of Blair tries to pick a lock. That's not good It's radio. basically mm-hmm. a D&D combat for a lock at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Blair versus, versus the, yeah, lock's HP. So, yeah, you, you get the door open. Minx is going to ruffle Blair's hair and see, be like, see, everything's fine. Thanks. And on the other side of the door, which opens on, like, silent hinges, this is very well-oiled, there is a uh, staircase uh, descending down into some kind of basement. And it, like, the stairs go down, there's a landing, and then they turn and kind of go out of sight. So you don't know what's at the bottom. But do, but do they go down, down in an earlier round? In Sugar, we're going down swinging. I, I know what you're <laughs> referencing. I just was staring blankly at you, as I do. I'm just asking. Are you going down the stairs or not? Yes. <laughs> so you head down the stairs and get to the landing and you turn. And basically, at the, there, there's an, another kind of short stairs going down to uh, an open, small open room. And on one wall of this small room is like a bank vault, like one of those big round steel doors with a really complicated lock on it. Oh. God's above. Thanks for listening. The Magpies will be back in two weeks. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at magpies underscore pod and visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash Magpies Podcast. The Magpies Podcast is GM'd and produced by Ree. 
follow me on Twitter at Rhiannon42. And check out rpgskillcheck.net for my copy editing and accessibility freelance site. Blair Culhane is played by Kim Kogut. Follow her on Twitter at KimDeannaJones. Minx is played by Josie. Follow her on Twitter at DragonGirlJosie. And watch her art streams at picarto.tv slash DragonGirlJosie. Myra Keel is played by Minna. Follow her on Twitter at MinaMinar. The opening and closing theme music is from Trio for Piano, Violin, and Viola by Kevin McLeod and is used under a Creative Commons license. The Blades in the Dark roleplay system is the creation of John Harper and is published by Evil Hat Productions. And now, we'd like to thank our magnificent Patreon backers. Nekochi, thank you. Matthew, thank you. Never say Dustin. Oh, shoot, I said it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I do, I feel like I should warn all of you, and Minna, you can, Minna can attest to this. Uh, the last several games I've been in, I have been rolling, like, yeah. hot garbage. Like, can we <laughs> roll for you? No. (laughs) I gotta just ride this curse out. If I keep rolling, I'll get all the bad rolls out. You might want to, like, burn some sage or sprinkle some salt water around your desk. (laughs) I don't know. It's, like, I keep cycling through new dice and it's not making a difference. Yeah, even the trusty Akatakon dice have turned against her. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you definitely need to do some cleansing then. Yeah, I get some candles in here. I don't know. But, yeah, I've been rolling, like, garbage lately and it... So far, it's carrying over into this game. I apologize. <laughs>